Hi, I'm Rosie. I'm just going to continue on with another episode of my podcast. Thank you if you are here listening. I do very, very much appreciate it. Um, I just this morning had a, was contacted by someone, a beautiful girl in London, who had found me and um, just messaged me to say thank you, and I really, really appreciated that. So thank you. Um, so today I'm actually going to talk about siblings and I'll be obviously referring to my siblings but I want to be incredibly clear that I'm not here to talk badly about my siblings tell awful stories I'm not I'm not bitter um I'm sad I'm very sad and um there is anger definitely but I'm not bitter and I'm not this is not just um space here where I'm just going to rant and just offload all my anger on them. I'm just, I'm talking, going to be talking about siblings in reference to the dynamics of a family where there's a narcissistic parent and just the commonly um, strategically placed roles that different children in the family can have. So I'll be saying that and then I'll just be talking more gen- more specifically about how that evolved in my family. Um, and then I'm, as I have said, my podcasts are not scripted, so it's just whatever sort of comes out. So I don't even know what I'm going to say. So I'll kind of just say what comes out. Um, but please know if anyone is here listening who is part of my family or knows my family, that is not my intention here is a good intention not a bad intention I cannot emphasize that enough so just recapping my story so my mother is the narcissistic parent in my family my father was the passive um very oh (laughs) hard to describe him in a nutshell but He checked out mentally, so he just wasn't present. So he was extremely passive, emotionally absent. Um, But both my parents were physically very present. My mum was a stay-at-home mum. And my dad was home a lot, um, just worked a normal nine-to-five job and home. So that's kind of the parent structure of my family. And then there were five children. So there was an elder brother and then there's next in line is a sister and she was and is and always has been very much so the golden child the golden daughter the golden child in our family dynamic then there is a middle brother and he um is very clearly what is termed the mascot child and he's very much just can do whatever he likes doesn't really, not bothered, doesn't get involved with the family stuff. He's never had copped any bad treatment um, and just he just seems to just be left alone and just the funny one and can just do what he likes and just doesn't want to know about any family problems. As long as it doesn't affect him, he just wants to not just stay out of everything, just be left to it pretty much. Um... And then comes 
myself and my twin sister. I'm very, very much so the scapegoat child. And so that kind of leaves my twin sister and the oldest brother. I'm still not really sure. There is a the hero child is another um, role for siblings to play. So I'm not sure if that's what they would be. They both have also copped a lot of very bad treatment from our mother. I definitely copped most of it, but they have definitely got their fair share. They've definitely not gone unscathed at all. Um, but and if you would have, in reference to the hero child, they're sort of always trying to fix things and just sort of, you know, come on, let's just fix this and that kind of thing. So that could describe them. I'm still not even sure. I don't really know. Um, so we might just go straight into the golden child. Uh, and I'll just see what comes out when I go there. I'm just going to talk in reference to me and um, my view of the golden child in our family. I don't understand it. There's just a zillion things that I do not understand. Um, but I think there's a lot I would love to say to my sister. So much I would love to say. I don't understand how she never noticed anything. I don't understand. I'm tempted to even speak this in context as if I was talking to her, but I think actually think that would be just too frightening for me to do. So I had thought I might do that when I was um, coming up to starting to do my podcast, but I don't think I could do that. I think I would, that would just bring up too many feelings inside, so I'll just keep it like this. But I'm very confused why she didn't um, put anything into her little sisters i would love to know why she didn't when she was when we were little girls why she didn't wasn't i don't know wasn't present with us wasn't like a normal big sister i don't understand that um i don't know what happened in her world back then um <laughs> What I do know is our mother put all her time and attention into her. We were very much not noticed and neglected. And I don't understand how come she allowed that to happen. I consider her very, very much the, and she's just totally enabled our mother and her behaviour. And in the old years, she's just, she took on um, management of our parents and that's another one of the million things I don't understand. I don't understand how she never um, stopped and considered how what she was doing might affect anyone else in the family. I know, obviously, it would have made her feel very good and she would have got a lot out of all that praise and um, constantly spoke about just so wonderfully by our mother. Um, but I don't understand how come she just let that happen. I do not understand. I don't understand. I've told the story of my wedding and how horrific it was. And she played her own part there. She um, wasn't nice at all to me 
in the back then and then went on to get married seven weeks after me with a very, very different picture for her. I, how did she not see that? How did she not see that that would be very upsetting to me? And why was her behaviour so bad as well? Why? I don't understand that. Um, and now she has children that are young adult children. Um, one of the things I've always hoped is that the next generation would see things and identify things. Um, but her children just seem to have taken on the same mindset as her. They've just stepped into the role of being the golden grandchildren. Um, while there's a whole pack of other grandchildren that were have gone unnoticed, I don't understand how come they can't see that. Uh, I just do not understand. This greatly confuses me. Um, for many years, I tried to have conversations with my siblings. Years back when I started identifying everything and... Um, and starting to get understanding and all sorts of things and just trying to help sort out my dad and the shit show that was his mental health and everything. Um, but it was always blocked. It, doors were shut. That nobody was willing. We did a couple of times have some a couple of meetings, but it never. we never um, achieved anything by them and they were, certainly were never repeated. So they weren't wanted, they weren't welcomed. Um, but that was me trying to, to have a voice and just say, hey, you know, <laughs> how come? How come they didn't want to explore that? I don't understand that. Um, I might get off her for a moment and just swing to my oldest brother. He scoffed a lot of bad treatment. He didn't have a good relationship with our dad. Neither of my brothers did. They seem to have... Mm, quite a bad attitude towards my dad and I don't know what that's about. I'd love to know. I'd love them to talk to me about it sometime. And clearly that's not going to happen. Um, but he definitely has copped a lot from our mum, never being supported with his decisions and all those sort of things. She's always spoken quite nasty about him. Um, and I probably should very much add, and this is very much a typical... Thing that can, that happens in these sort of families. The mother will... Oh, she just causes so much strife amongst the family. And she will talk about one to the other. So that's exactly what happened my entire growing up years and all the adult years, is that she would just talk about um, another one of her children badly to the other one. So that's how I know. Very much so, what she would say, what she does with me. And I obviously would have copped the most talking about. Um, but she's definitely spoken to me badly about some of the others. And there's always fishing to get a bit of gossip and a bit of information, a bit of inside information on one of them or something like that. And so what that does is just creates this strife in the family. Um, and then as children, I guess we were always sort of in competition. You always wanted to um, beat the others to get our mother's approval. You always wanted to... I don't even like talking about that because it's just so fucked up that it, I'm sh I sh you can imagine what I'm getting at. It's 
so bad. No way in the world would I do that amongst my children. But that's how we totally roll the whole time. Um, I'm just going to, something else just came to my mind. I thought about um, just thinking about everything, like not when I was actually speaking on a podcast, and I thought I have to add that to one of them, so I'll just add it here. But I was reminded of, like obviously, I desperately just wanted attention. I just wanted to be noticed as a child, and I wanted attention from my mum. And I actually just came to my mind. It's not something I obviously think about, and it just sort of came to me. Several things that I actually did to try and get attention. Um, so it just shows how desperate I was. I used to be fixated. I wanted to break my arm. I wanted to break a limb because I thought if I had a plastic cast, I would get just so much attention. And I literally used to just try and fall on my arm um, in a way that would break it. So I was constantly, obviously too scared to actually do a proper job on it but I would just make myself fall onto my arm from different from the bed or all sorts of different things trying to break my arm. Another thing I worked on for quite a while trying to get the courage to do was I was going to stick my toes under the car wheel so that when it reversed or went forward, you know, if it was stationary and just starting to take off, maybe someone was leaving and driving down the driveway. I was going to get my foot run over so that then maybe that would be in plaster and would give me attention. Um, and there were many times I stuck them under the car. I'm not sure if I pulled, obviously I must have pulled them out just before. Um, but I used to do, try that so many times for quite a while, just working on running over my foot <laughs> this is this is fucked up I know that another thing um as a kid I remember our mum saying that if you took castor oil that made you vomit um it doesn't just add it doesn't that's like ipecac syrup so don't ever take castor oil for that reason um but anyway we had some under the kitchen sink and I don't know why, but this one particular day, I was just so desperate to get some attention from her. She was down in the garden, downstairs, maybe, I don't know, hanging out washing or something, because she wasn't a gardener. And so I drunk some of this castor oil, and it tastes disgusting. Don't ever drink it, it's revolting. So I did vomit, but it was only, the probably swallowed some water after it, and um, so I brought up the water and the oil, and then... I must have gone and told her that I'd vomited and she came upstairs and saw her and she says, oh, that's just water and just, I think she might have told me to clean it up, I don't know, but that was it. I was totally dismissed because I didn't actually vomit. Um, so there's just some, some examples. I, there was probably other examples, but I can't think of them right now. And that when the, I remembered those, I just thought, that's pretty messed up, really. I was just so desperate to get some attention from my mum. I actually was wanting to hurt myself just so I could get some attention. There's some, and I'm talking as a, a young kid, like a very young kid, you know, eight maybe. Anyway, getting back on track. Um, so my oldest brother, he is still very much in that same situation. He still is treated badly, him and his wife. Um, 
As far as I know, his wife's never questioned all this stuff. They've just sort of gone along staying in the family circus cycle, whatever you call it, um, keeping things just as they are. I don't understand that. I don't, like, he's in his 60s now. I don't understand why he's never stood up to our mum and just said, no, I'm not taking this anymore, especially when he's in his 60s. Just do not understand how their minds have worked through all of this. Um, my middle brother, I, I feel pretty angry with him. Just coming to mind right now, I feel angry. Great for him that he's got away with everything and never ever copped anything bad. His wife is just doted and praised on by our mum, always has been. She's a very strong personality, so I think our mum knows just not to always keep her on her good side. So she's always um, been super, super nice to her. Um, and as I have said previously, rules that apply to us don't apply to her. She's always just been able to be and do whatever she wanted as well and just had complete love and approval from our mother. Um, but I don't understand why they've never oh, backed me, stood up for me. No doubt they've seen it. And there has been times, been a billion times I've tried to have conversations with them about all this. And they have said, yes, they've seen it and stuff. But why have they let it happen? Why have they allowed it? I don't understand that. I just don't. Um, and I just have desperately wished that, especially this particular brother, but I'll say this with the others, other two as well, did they not ever want to get to know me a bit? Did they not want to have some kind of relationship with me? Um, this brother that I'm talking about right now, he loves his sports very much. He loves his surfing and his snowboarding is a huge one. And pretty much, you know, anything, getting out on a jet ski and stuff like that. I have four boys who do all of those things. Soccer is another one. He loves his soccer. They love their soccer. Um, I don't know. I just thought he might have taken an interest in them. I have said before, I've tried very much, very hard to put a little bit into each of the grandchildren. I would always give them nice presents for birthdays and all those sort of things um and i just would have loved to have got that back from any of my siblings um i would love my boys to have had aunties and uncles that were interested in them i guess i don't know I'd, if my siblings were to hear this they may have a whole different take on it and just totally disagree, disagree with what I'm saying here but I've been very specific and clear that this is my story and this is my view this is my outlook on everything um so I'm just that's the only version I can speak of from is mine so um so that's I'll, I'll leave that brother for now 
I probably am most stuck, as you can tell, in the golden daughter. I just do not understand that one at all. I really, really don't. And especially, um, oh gosh, this, I can't say especially because it was as bad growing up as I view it now as adults. Um, she had these two twin beautiful little sisters. Why did she not just be a big sister where we talk about stuff and have fun together and all those sort of things. There was none of that. And I, why <laughs> did she not want that? Where was, I, I don't know. Um, but moving on to sort of the past years. How could she allow that to happen? How could she allow, she knows that that's how she's being portrayed. She knows that she's been up on this pedestal all this time where is her mind with it i don't get that how like does she honestly think that i am the problem all the problems are me does she honestly think that has she just blocked out a lot in her head to just have a very tunneled vision don't know i don't know but yes i feel incredible anger uh, about her, I actually have dreams of just, oh, better not even say what I want to do in my dreams, but I get pretty mad and aggressive. Um, I have, I might just mention that it's another probably quite relevant thing. I have a recurring dream. I haven't actually had it for a little while now, but for all the years that I've been married, I've had this recurring dream. So we're talking 30 years. And it's always in a different context, there's always a different scenario, but the theme is always the same. So I'm always back at the house that I grew up in and I'm there and again, the story will always be different, but my siblings, most of my siblings or all of them will be there as well. So our parents and our siblings, but we're all adults and there'll be a different story going on, but I'm there. And then I'll always just, things will be going pretty crappy and horrible and there'll be some awful situation happening. And suddenly in my dream, I'll just go, hang on, I have a house. I can just leave here. And I remember that I've gone, it's always the first house that we moved into when I got married. And suddenly I remember I've got a husband and often my children will come into it as well. And I think, well, I can just leave. I don't have to be here, I can just leave. But I guess the point of the dream is I'm stuck there. I'm stuck in that house. And maybe that's where my mind is. I don't, I don't really know if you're a dream and Eliza, contact me and let me know. But I've had this dream that many times. And then I do always leave, of course. And often I will just say to one of the siblings, hey, you can come too. We don't have to stay here. Um, but basically everyone's still there. Everyone's still there stuck. No one actually knows they can leave. And that's the basis of that dream. I always do leave, but it takes me a while. It takes me a while to realize that I can actually just go. Um, so that's a pretty heavy dream. It always, I always wake up pretty disturbed, always very disturbed by it. And as I said, I've had it over and over and over and over again for like 30 years. Um, so that's that sister. Um, 
I think if I was to have a conversation with her, I would probably just scream at her because that's how I feel right now. I just feel that much anger. And I'm not talking unhealthy, aggressive anger. I'm talking anger. I'm talking relevant anger. And I would probably just scream at her. That's how I feel. I would respond. So that's why going no contact is definitely my best option because I cannot guarantee my emotions will stay under control if I am put into a situation to face these people now because I am just so, so angry with them. I am. I'm angry. I'm angry that... The whole journey, so many years of my dad, nobody questioned it, nobody looked at it. They just took mum's story every single time. He's gone downhill, he's gone back to hospital. Everyone just jumped up and down and, you know, went and visited and did all the right things. Nobody questioned it. Nobody. I don't why? And they're the things I would just scream at them. Why did you not ask questions? Did you honestly not see any of this? And I will add, like, um, I'm not saying this in a derogatory way, but my siblings, they're not educated. They haven't, none of them have degrees and that sort of thing. Um, so I guess when it comes to medical things and psychology things, unless you've done studies and research in that area, I suppose you don't know. I suppose you just don't have that intelligence. Maybe that's the only reason. I don't know. But I don't, I don't forgive them for it, that's for sure. I hold them very much accountable for what I've been through, very much so. They all could have opened their eyes and they all could have stood up and they all could have spoken up. And I guess that is, is the very core of what I'm angry at. Why not one of them stood up and spoke up and and also checked on me. Are you okay? I, I hate going back to talking about having had eating disorders, but that's a really good example. I was skin and bone for a very long time. Did none of you notice? Did none of you wonder, are you okay, sweetheart? Nobody thought to ask. And the amount of times I've tried to instigate conversations with them um, in recent years just like opening up about my journey and all the depression and mental health struggles I've had. Nobody replies, nobody responds. And I've literally opened up and poured my heart and soul out, um, being extremely vulnerable. And I know not to do that again. Definitely just don't bother because it does make me vulnerable. And basically when you're talking about it, such extreme unhealthy family dynamics, um, it's not a good thing to make yourself vulnerable and open up because it simply makes confirms that you are the crazy one. It just confirms what everybody's suspicions are and you're just completely shooting yourself in the foot by opening up about it because it just puts you in the place as the crazy one. So I definitely don't recommend trying that. And that is incredibly sad because I always, always had the best of intentions. I just wanted to, oh, I've just been so stupid and gullible and naive through this whole crazy journey. But I would just sort of think, hey, if I just tell them about this, then they'll go, oh my gosh, sweetheart, 
let's hug you and just let's what can we all do to help you know sort this out and make it better I've gone into everything with that sort of mindset not honestly not knowing until afterwards so that's just so stupid and that is not going to happen I'm never going to get the response I wanted so I've obviously stopped doing that but unfortunately only very recently so you know be dumb enough to go back for a, another attempt um and again I don't understand why nobody has heard me but yeah like I said back to like eating disorders why did nobody notice um everyone just took my mother's version of me like the whole family just took the version of me that she told them and she spoke about of me and nobody has come to me and said hey you know she says a lot of this about you like we just want to check in and you know is this what you like or is this what you're doing or is this you know whatever nobody why why and I also um my father's suicide attempts how did that impact you guys talking to the siblings here do you have vivid memories like I do were you very affected back then do you still have memories of it flashbacks questions am I the only one that that was affected by because I think it's a pretty normal situation for a person to be affected by seeing your father very closely killing himself and um, we've all seen enough movies where you know a storyline might be along those lines and how affected that person is in the adult years by you know some trauma witnessing their parents do something like that so I don't think I'm abnormally responsing here but how come all of them I don't know anyway I think you can pretty well see that I've got a lot of questions and a lot that I don't know here um and a lot huge amount of confusion um so the final one leaves me with my twin sister that is my most painful by far subject and I'm very reluctant to share anything about our story or not our story I'm not even going to say our story I'm going to be very very careful what I say um but I'm extremely sad that the poison from our mother has come into our relationship and poisoned our relationship to say I'm sad doesn't even cut it it has been by far the most heartbreaking just that's the one I cannot deal with I cannot cope with and I will never get over that one we were very close um in a way that we just clung to each other through all of this and I thought we were had each other's backs as adults through all of this um it didn't turn out that way and um I need to get off the subject before I start crying because I don't want this to be another emotional one um I'm just so sad that somehow we've allowed the poison to get in 
and rob us of what should be a beautiful relationship continuing on and our family should still be continuing on sharing what we started off sharing. Um, I'm just so grateful that our children are still very good friends. I have lost the relationship with my sister's children. Um, also because of that insidious poison that's come in. And I will never, ever, ever, ever get over this one. Never. I'll leave it at that one because I don't want to say anything more um, that's going to get me into trouble. I have emphasised that this podcast I started doing with the best of intentions and as anonymous because I'm not here to name my family members and make it all public, this awful private story and all of that stuff that is not my intention. I cannot emphasise that enough. But very early on, one of my siblings did somehow discover that I'm doing it and um, has shared it with friends and family members. And I'm very, very devastated that that's happened, but I'm not going to let it stop me. I know that this is really good for me. This is very therapeutic. Um, And I do believe that there will be people in the world, anywhere in the world, that will relate in some capacity or get some kind of help. Um, For me, often the biggest help that I can get is hearing someone else say, yeah, I totally get that. That's what it was like for me too. That is honestly probably the biggest help you can get because I have emphasised before, I don't know anyone in my everyday life that has anything even close to what I've experienced with my family. Everybody seems to have, I know every family has their stuff, of course, but Every family seems to function fairly normally, relationship-wise. Even though there's all sorts of shit that goes down in families, it's their um, ability to communicate. And I think the most important thing is most families have the ability to speak about the problems instead of just brush it all aside and push it under the carpet and pray over it, never speak it. I think that's exactly the key of what I'm talking about um obviously we've never been able to do that so nothing has ever been spoken about it's always just been brought back to some kind of religious you know scriptures based on whatever the problem is and prayer and you know listen to this sermon that'll help you that makes me angry even just saying that I don't know how many times that one's come at me um someone sent me a sermon on forgiveness something like that that will just make me angry I'm telling you now that will just really make me angry um I believe in God I believe in prayer very very much so I start every single day with my prayer time but when you're talking about serious really serious psychological stuff you need more than prayer humans are humans there are so many different variations and Nothing is black and white when you're talking about humans. There are that many different shades of grey and variations of colour. Nothing is black and white. My family has operated as if everything is black and white. It's either black or it's white. There is no in-between. I'm not like that. I have lots and lots of lots of different colours and shades and everything. Um... So I guess that's what I'm describing when other families, I don't know any other families like this because they will speak of stuff. Things don't get hidden and 
um, conflicts will be addressed and very often resolved in many, many families. And because I don't know anyone even remotely close to having a situation like mine, I just feel incredibly alone. But I do know that there are people all over the world where these situations are familiar. So that is my one of my intentions of speaking out here is to connect with people. Um, I don't necessarily mean connect, I just mean maybe they can relate because as I said, that's just such a big help. For me, just hearing, hey, yeah, that is so what happened to me. So if you do listen and you want to message me, I can't say enough how much I would appreciate that because it's hugely helpful. Um, so I think I've pretty much covered the sibling topic. Clearly, it's not an easy one for me to speak about. So much confusion, so much questions, a lot of anger. Again, it's not bad, unhealthy anger. It's very appropriate and normal. I would be pretty dumb if I didn't feel angry because that would be suppressing my emotions. That would be just bearing things and that would be just doing the same kind of patterns that I'm trying to break here. Um, So I allow myself to feel angry and I allow myself to say I'm angry. It's okay for me to do that. I wish with all my heart my dad had allowed himself to say anger. He was angry because depression can be called anger gone gone within. So my father's coping with anger was to just take it all inside, which led to pretty epic levels of depression and mental health problems there. I wish he had just openly got angry and had a big rant and said what he thought to this one and that one and then he may have stayed much, much healthier minded. So that's that. That's this episode, I guess, for the day. Um, I don't know if I achieved much. I hope I did. I always just say these podcasts, as I said, they're unscripted, so I just sort of blurt out what comes to my mind during it. And then I will go back and re-listen to it um, just to see what I have said. And um, I'm often very surprised at what's come out. So I'll have to just press save and then go back and listen to it again. All right. Thank you very much. Again, today's actually Anzac Day. So we've been up early. My husband and a couple of my boys and girlfriend went down to a dawn service. So just... In the back of my mind today is Anzac Day and just thinking of all all those beautiful young boys and men that were lost in senseless war over all of the years and past and all that crap. But, yeah, just definitely remembering and lest we forget. Thank you.